0: What's going on everybody? Stone Lebanowitz of ESPN West Palm. You know it as ESPN 106.3. You know where to go. I am co-host of Ken Lavica Live. You hear us weekdays from 12 to 2. That's the man, the host, Ken Lavica. And today, we have a special guest. A very, very special guest. Gabby Erudia. Gabby, what's going on, man? Not much, man. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So Gabby handles Miami recruiting for 24-7 Sports, and he is the co-host of a very popular podcast, Through the Smoke. And also, Gabby, my favorite part about your bio, you are a girl dad, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Soon soon to be. Soon to be. Soon to be. Baby's coming in October.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. So for people who don't follow recruiting as hard as you and I do... I know I just teased the pod, but man, where can people listen to you? And how often are you guys posting through the smoke episodes?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely find us on Through the Smoke. Well, we're at this point, we're kind of rolling off like you know at least twice a week. Uh, fall camp starts here in in early August. I believe August fifth is the uh, is the official start of fall camp for Miami. So that's next Friday. Ah, uh, once that gets rolling, we'll be we'll be easily pumping out two or three pods a week.
0: I love it. I love it, man. What's the itinerary been with twenty four seven? As far as you know, it's been a very very busy week, and especially a day that we had the Miami guys show up and kind of bounce around from station to station, man. What's the itinerary look like for you in twenty four seven and through the smoke following ACC kickoff and ACC media day?
1: Yeah, I mean it, 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 it's a it, it's been a cool time, you know. Just uh, you know, I mean, just kind of following everything around. Uh, you know, it, it's definitely an exciting time for the Miami Hurricanes and. And you know, definitely for the program. So, you know, just kind of, you know, Mario Cristobal getting up there, you know, doing his thing, kind of giving up his spiel. Feel like, uh, you know, it's a lot, kind of giving the same answers to all the reporters. It's kind of funny to watch, but uh, you know, definitely exciting times for the University of Miami. So, a lot to a lot to look forward to.
0: Yeah, I think you have the busiest job in the country as far as somebody who handles recruiting for twenty four seven sports. Dude, Miami just keeps landing big fish after big fish after big fish. And I've reached out to you plenty of times, man. I've been dying to get you on because I I like to do things, you know, whether I talk to somebody for the first time from a very basic standpoint. Like for people who don't follow recruiting very hard, this is the guy you need to start following, Gabby Rudia. Like he's going to pump you out stuff because you need to start following the Hurricanes. They're going to have a top five recruiting class. Josh Pate said it on our show a couple weeks ago of CBS Sports was like, hey, man, it would not surprise me if these guys had a top five recruiting class. Going forward, no matter how many wins, no matter how many losses. So I think Gabby is someone you guys should follow, put his notifications on. I do. I most definitely do. And I am logged into every single article, every single post about him and 24-7 sports. Gabby, you talked about it's exciting times for the Miami Hurricanes. That's where I wanted to start things off, man. I want to show you a clip or let you listen to a clip from Tyler Van Dyke this morning. So we had the opportunity to sit down with all four of the guys they brought, Javari Harvey, Will Mallory, Tyler Van Dyke, of course, and the Don, Mario Cristobal. But I want to show you a clip of Tyler Van Dyke. He was asked by my host, Ken Lavica, about what the FSU loss meant to them and what it means going forward. Man, His response kind of broke Twitter. Dallin Cuff of ESPN and ACC Network, man, he broke it out on his show live at ACC Media Day. But, man, take a listen here. I want your initial reaction because TVD, man, said it with his chest Like a grown-ass man. I loved it. Here it is from TVD.
1: I look up at Tallahassee, and they're selling 4th and 14 shirts. They've made an entire brand out of what they did in the final couple of seconds against you guys last year. Uh, How do you... How do you consume that? How does that make TBD feel? Are you going to have to take it out on him a little bit this season?
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. No, I mean, yeah, it was such a disappointing end of that game, you know, but I think it really created a monster out of us. Um, I mean, bringing the best coach, one of the best coaches in the country, um, best supporting staff in the country. and Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't think Coach here if we won is here if we won that game. So,
1: I mean I, I, think there, I mean, I think in a way there could be, yeah, like, you know, if Miami wins that Florida State game what, I, I guess they finished seven and six. That pushes them to at least eight and five. Uh, You know, I think you have another close one there, like North Carolina. I think, you, you know, a lot of people forget, you know, Tyler Van Dyke, I think it's a second start, driving down the field to potentially close on North Carolina. You know, cut ball kind of gets, uh, you know, he kind of throws a little RPO route, gets picked off over yeah. the middle. I mean, I think he has, a, I think they win that game. It's, again, I think it's a few plays. If Andy Borgales doesn't slip on a field goal against Virginia, and, and you know, early in the season too, like, there, there was a few plays here, man, where, where, it, where it, was, uh, it was definitely dicey. I mean, I think the Florida State one was definitely the icing on the cake. They had just gone on, they had just gone on a nice little run where they won a few games, beat Etsy State, uh, beat Pitt, beat a few of these guys. And, uh, you know, losing that Florida State one, I think, was probably the dagger. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And, uh, you know, if they win that game, I think we're in a very different situation right now for sure. So, you know, destiny was definitely written.
0: Yeah, God works in mysterious ways. And it kind of hit us hard listening when, when TVD said that. But I wanted to get your re- initial reaction because you did mention it is exciting times for the Hurricanes, except for the fact that you brought up the field goal against Virginia, man. So I, 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 I do a lot of part time work at Hard Rock Stadium. And I actually was on the sideline and leaning up against the fence, had my phone rolling and everything. And he kicked it, crowd stood up. We all thought it was good. And of course, it hit the upright. And it was, you know, brutal, brutal times on a Thursday against Virginia, but thanks for bringing that one up, man. Appreciate you. but (laughs) No, 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 all good, all good. So get back into recruiting, man. Exciting times. I've said that phrase four times, but I I think that's how you kind of sum up the Miami Hurricanes right now. So over the past 10 cycles, Miami has landed more than eight players inside the top 247 just once, which came in 2018. Gabby, I need you to break this down for me, man, because right now there's already eight kids committed, and we know damn well the Canes are not done yet. I mean, we're going to surpass that by Saturday. My question is, is this the new norm for Crystal Ball and the Hurricanes, just to reel in big fish after big fish after big fish?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, if you're a Miami fan, this is the type of you know recruiting operation I think you need to be you need to be accustomed to. I think it became evident early on that this was what Mario Cristobal was. I mean, he did it at Oregon, and you know, Oregon has a lot of like the flashy stuff, but it's not Miami. And I feel like you know Miami has a lot. I mean, Miami's in a is in, a, is in an area where that produces more talent. Oregon, you know, the state of Washington doesn't produce a ton of – like, he mm. was still able to put together top ten classes at Oregon when, you know, battling, you know, some of those West Coast guys and even, you know, just going national. Now he's in South Florida where he is in, like, the hotbed for high school football talent, and he's just, you know, just ge- geographically located in a place where – A top five, what's a top five recruiting class at Oregon could be a top three recruiting class or Miami or top two or hell, maybe even one year he signs the top ranked recruiting class. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in his Miami, you know, tenure, if Mario Cristobal brings in the, the top ranked recruiting class, of course, you know, that's assuming that they win on the field. There would have to be a lot that goes into it, but... I mean this is just next level recruiting, right? This is SEC level recruiting. I mean you kind of consider the schools, I mean you've mentioned they already have eight kids inside the top 247. I mean a lot of those kids have committed to Miami over Alabama, over yeah. you know a lot of, over Georgia, over Ohio State, over you know th- they're recruiting amongst the elite right now and they're coming out on the on the right end of a lot of those recruiting battles. Are they going to win every single one? No, they're not. But you know these are the type of kids that they're after and these are the type of kids that change the program. So If you're a Miami fan and you're looking at, you know, why why should I feel like this team, program is going to be better, it starts with the whole recruiting operation, and I think it's it's become very evident that uh, what they're doing right now is is big time.
0: So you're talking about kids that have the ability to change a program. And I'm going to go down to a school that you report on a lot that I think pulls major weight, name rings bells everywhere, IMG Academy. It's Mario Cristobal about to make IMG Academy the official pipeline for the Canes moving forward. I'm going to rattle off a few names for you and let you take it from there, but my God, man, some of these kids have transferred out. Some of them are still there, but, of course, we know Francis Mawagawa. You can say his last name for me. I hate saying that last name, but that is a big, (laughs) big, big freak, man. He's really good. Four-star edge rusher, Jaden Wayne. Sixth in the nation, really cool. Samuel Mbemba, second edge rusher in the country. Man, this list goes on and on. Janelle Aguayo, who I know just recently transferred out, he'll be committing soon. Miami fans very hopeful he lands. Malik Bryant will be committing very soon as well. And you got Riley Williams. Everyone was so pumped up. The 6'6", 240 tight end committed. Is Mario Cristobal about to make IMG a pipeline to the
1: 305? I mean, I think he's in a good spot, right? I mean, Francis Malagoa, is the face of IMG Academy. He's the, he's the highest-ranked prospect at you know, what's probably going to end up being one of the best high school teams in the country. I mean, IMG's basically walked into a ton of national powerhouses' backyard and just kind of you know, beat them around on their own field. I mean, they went up to Duncanville. They've gone up to places in Pennsylvania. They've gone everywhere, and they've beaten everywhere, everyone everywhere they go. So, I mean, that's definitely a school where you want to create a strong relationship with. Having the top-ranked recruit out of that school, Francis Malagoa, I mean, Evan Neal was the top-ranked recruit coming out of IMG a few wow. years ago. He goes, he goes in the top ten of the, of the NFL draft. I mean, all, all these top-ranked recruits out of, Alabama, out of IMG have gone to Alabama. They've gone to Georgia. They've gone to the, you know, those major SEC programs. If Miami's able to start pulling those top prospects out of IMG Academy, I mean, the, I, it, the, I mean I just kind of, again, just following trends, I, I think you have to be feeling really good about what that would mean. Are they going to get everyone out of IMG? That's going to be tough, but when you know, your highest-ranked player – when you're unquestioned leader, a guy that's been there for a long time, your left tackle, Francis Malgoa, is the guy saying, "Hey, you know what? I want to be a Miami Hurricane. I'm going to try to bring you guys along with me." Um, I think he's a tough person to say no to. I just kind of hearing him talk, <laughs> you know, getting to chat with him at that Future 50 uh, last weekend. He's definitely a guy that can be enticing. He's definitely a guy that's going to be recruiting. He's going to be a guy that's going to try to get, you know, Samuel and Pemba down to South Florida for that for that that barbecue that that recruiting barbecue they're doing on July 30th. So. Um, you know, it's it would be big for Miami to, you know, definitely wedge their way into IMG Academy and make it a uh, and make it cool to go to go down south instead of up north from there.
0: Yeah, so we're talking about landing big guys, and you slipped in there a question that I had loaded up for you, and that was that cookout on July 30th. I yeah. said at the beginning of the interview that I kind of wanted to give people a peek behind the curtains, right? follow you, and realize that you got the goods. You're giving them what they need, and that's kind of what I want to do when you talk about the cookout. Can you tell me a little bit about how these things work? Who's all going to be there? What does this one entail as far as an itinerary?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's really just that. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you go, to a, you go to a family cookout. Everyone's kind of just hanging out. You know, they're serving food. They might have a guy, uh, you know, cooking up some barbecue on a, on a flat top, you know, bring someone in to just cook for everyone. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, only, the only time I've kind of... Uh I I I guess maybe subtract the beer and all that stuff. I don't think that would be I don't think that'd be totally cool. But uh but otherwise, so. you know, it's yeah, everything else, you know, is uh, you know, typical fashion, you know, they're going to set up tents probably there somewhere by the freshman dorms. Um if that's where they do it, that's where they did it last time. You know, they're going to have a couple different maybe a couple different food trucks, uh set up, you know, have everyone just kind of hanging out. Everyone gets to interact. It's a way for everyone to just kind of come chill. You know, just be around the staff again, and you know there should be some big names. You know, I mentioned Francis Malago is going to go. Like, does Daniel and Pemba show up? I think that's going to be one of the big question marks. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I I think uh, Jaden Rashad is going to come down. The quarterback commit. I'm expecting him to to be in there. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, people are going to get excited about some of these 2023s. We'll see if any major targets show up, but uh, I think this is probably step one into really getting in there with some of those top 2024 kids. And, you know, it's not always what people want to hear right now, especially with the way things going, things are going right now with 2023. But, you know, again, this high level recruiting operation has these guys already, you know, laser laser focused on, you know, some of these big time guys that are going to be juniors this next year. I mean, it, it, the recruiting never stops, so they're going to get a couple Big-time names. Uh, Kamarian Franklin is one from, I believe he's from Mississippi, who's like a top 50-ranked defensive lineman, 6'5", 245, around there. So, big kid. Uh, Tavoy Segan is another one. Uh, another He's a, another top 100 talent out of Tampa. He should be there. You know, it's going to be – it, it, it's Miami. It's Mario Cristobal. I mean, it, there's, there's going to be no shortage of headliners. Zaquan uh, Patterson is a 2024 safety out of Hollywood Chaminade Madonna. So, yeah. Right there on the Dade County-Broward County border. Uh, you know, he's someone that told me he's going to, so a lot of big-time names, and, uh, you know, should be really exciting for, for Miami fans and just for the program.
0: Speaking of big-time names, Gabby, you had a chance to go down to IMG Academy, and you mentioned it a second ago at the Under Armour Future 50 event, man. Look dope, Francis, big Francis Malagoa, who's going to eat all the food at the barbecue. He won the offensive line MVP, I believe, but as far as Miami standouts, who stood out to you? I mean,
1: Malagoa was an absolute freak show. You know, i say th- I... I went I went in there thinking like, you know, yeah, this kid's a five star lineman. I watched him play against Heritage last American Heritage here in, in Broward County last year. I thought he was really good. But this was the first time I really got to kind of just sit down and just evaluate him in person. I think he measured in at three hundred and twenty seven pounds. You look at him and he Jesus. looks no bigger than he looks no bigger than two ninety five. He carries it super, super well, all muscle, looks really athletic, moves around, went up against some of the nation's best edge rushers and clearly clearly like easily winning reps i mean i think this kid is so advanced <laughs> for for his age uh, i mean i don't like to say someone's gonna come in and, and start right away but if zion nelson and dj scape are both gone next year as you know a lot of people anticipate if someone beats out francis malagoa for one of those two tackle spots i would be just absolutely shocked i'm talking about people in the program right now i'm talking about recruits coming in i think francis malagoa is the real deal and then uh you know, definitely got to see Riley Williams, you know, run around for the first time. And, you know, he's really athletic, legit 6'6", um, or, you know, about, about 6'6", uh, 230 pounds, like you mentioned earlier. He can definitely run. He can jump. He can, you know, he's, still gotta, he's probably still going to have to develop a little bit, you know, athletically, moving uh, laterally, you know, coming in and out of his breaks, the top of his routes. He's going to have to clean that type of stuff up. But I think that, I mean, they don't make a lot of high school tight ends better than that. So. No way. Excited, excited about both those Miami commits, uh, you, know, uh, you know, getting here in January.
0: Speaking of Francis, my question, because you talked about Francis and how he's just advanced and, you know, to be able to snag him from schools like Alabama, like Clemson, like Georgia, just so easily, it seemed like, is building the O-line, is that the priority in the class of 2023, you know, 2022, 2024? Like, Ball has mentioned it a few times, but the trenches is where we're going to start and where we're going to finish. Do you think that's the priority going forward?
1: Oh, 100%. I think on both sides of the line of scrimmage, really, but, I mean, the offensive line is Mario Cristobal's baby, you know, that's, that's the position he played. Uh, you know, you kind of watch it, you watched him in spring practice and there was times that he would pull some of the tackles off to the side and he was working with, uh, you know, with Zion Nelson or with John Campbell or Mike McLaughlin or, you know, one of those guys and, uh, and, you know, just kind of really getting hands on. I mean, he knows how important it is to win up front. I mean, I always go back to the national championship game. I mean, Georgia and Alabama, like the two teams that were best on both sides of the line of scrimmage. I mean, even even Michigan, who won the Joe Moore Award. I mean, the, they're like the nation's best offensive line. I mean, what, what, Georgia, what Georgia did to them in the, in the semifinal game, I mean, it, it just starts in the trenches. Like, you need to get that stuff right. And uh, I think that's why it's so important to build up that offensive line. That's why it's so important to build up that defensive line because I really think the difference in a lot – I mean, a lot of these teams are talented. A lot of these programs have a lot of great players. But where it's won and lost is in the trenches. And uh, I think that's where Mario Cristobal needs to get – all this stuff right, I think getting the offensive line right is is a huge priority because if Miami beats that thing up the way that they want it to look, like an SEC operation, I mean, I don't know how many scares against Virginia we're going to be seeing in the future. I think Miami's just going to start playing some
0: some bully ball in the ACC. <laughs> bully ball in the ACC. Again, I'm speaking with Gabby Yerutia of 24-7 Sports, handles all the Miami recruiting. We're talking about playing bully ball in the ACC with these canes. Man, it doesn't get any better than this. We just touched on the O-line. I think my favorite thing about following these canes is Alex Miraball. He's a whopping 5-foot nothing, and he grabs these offensive linemen by the face mask. He grabs them by the jersey. He moves their leg. I've been out there in practice some scrimmages and some of their practices, man, he is the biggest badass on the field. And when you hear him talk, he, he talks with such intensity and such passion, just like Cristobal does. What do you think, you know, coming from a different coach, now getting Mirabal, some guy who just turns up the volume, you know, what does this mean for Miami?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's big time. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even saying this is a knock to the last half. I thought Garen Justice was awesome. Right. Um, but, like, you know, Garen Justice mentioned how, like, You know, there would be times where they like he would phone in Alex Mirabal, and they would do like workshops, so that Alex Mirabal was kind of talking to the you know the current Miami offensive line. You know how coaches communicate; they all have like you know their networking and all that stuff. But you know, Alex Mirabal was someone that Garen Justice leaned on to you know help him, even you know just or just maybe just give him a fresh perspective. You know, like Alex Mirabal is just one of those guys, man. I I remember; I I mean, I'll never forget this as long as I live. So the first time I talked to Francisco is that elite prospect, AJ. So, um, Alex Mirabal is walking out, uh, Francis Malagoa, a couple of his other teammates. I kind of stopped them, um, you know, I mean, just kind of like as they're about to leave, I talked to Francis Malagoa about Alex Mirabal and his line to me was just like, he's a small man, but he handles big people. Like, he's a, he's like, he's a <laughs> small guy who, who handles big, like, he's just that type of guy, like, everyone knows, obviously, I mean, he's five foot four, whatever he is. But he has he commands the respect of everyone in that room and he gets it. Like he he earns their respect quickly. He knows what he's talking about. I've had another offensive lineman, Monroe Freeling, who's another top one hundred talent that might be likes. He calls Alex Mirabal a mad scientist. Like mm. like when I talk to him after his official visit, he's like, Oh yeah, he's like he's the mad scientist. Like he just gets it. Like he's like a teacher. You know, he really is like I think he wants to be called maybe be known more as a teacher than he is even so even so as a coach. I think he's just that type of guy. He's just a, he's a brilliant dude. He, you know, he communicates well. And, uh, you know, again, he just really commands the respect of everyone in the room. And and he definitely earns it, and uh, he has that fully.
0: Yeah, Mirabal's man, man. He's an inspiration to me. So so my connection with knowing Alex Mirabal, he recruited me when he was at Marshall. I wouldn't say he actually recruited me, but my head coach was Dennis Lavelle, who was the head coach of Alex Mirabal and Mario Cristobal at Uh Miami Columbus. So Mirabal would show up. We would always chop it up, man. He was the coolest guy, the most passionate guy, and it was funny because every time he came to recruit at my high school, he just started running drills. Like as soon as he walked on, he realized, okay, I'm not going to recruit any of these guys. None of these guys can play at Marshall, so you know, let me help my man Dennis Lavelle out. And he started running offensive line drills and would stay there for 20, 30 minutes at a time. I just thought wow. he, he was the the biggest badass I've ever met as far as a coach. and... I'm only 5'10", yeah, I, and he's a lot shorter than me, so that's, that's really, really cool. And, and I'm glad the offensive line's a priority, man. I feel like it's been a weak point, and it, it got guys hurt at Miami, like Derek King and stuff. And I, I don't want to go that far and you know, insult anybody, but you know, it's a real problem. And, and I'm glad Ball and them are solving that. So another, no name, another name you mentioned, which I wanted to get onto, is Jaden Rashada. Man, I played QB myself, and I think this kid's got it. He's got some swagger. I think he's the second highest rated four-star in the country, uh, per you guys. And Monday, he jumped from the 29th overall prospect to the 17th. And what is landing a QB, first of all, my favorite part, is that we swept the rug out from underneath the Florida Gators. I mean, once Jaden committed, Billy Napier put out that open letter, man, we had a field day on our show. We had a field day reading, <laughs> reading his sad open letter that I don't even think he wrote, but... Jaden Rashada, man, that was cool to see him. But what do you think landing a QB of this caliber means for Miami? Especially because fans aren't used to it, right? Right. No, I mean, I think it's huge. I mean, I think it's huge
1: because obviously you get an elite arm to come in. I think Miami has one of the better quarterback situations. You know, I'm not saying like landing in um, – you always want to land an elite arm. You want to see in stack talent, of course. But if Miami just got, let's say, just Emory Williams, I think that would have been fine because I really like what they have in, in Jake Garcia. I love what they have in Jakari Brown. But I think what Jaden Rashada jumping on board does too, it's just like, it's almost like a perception thing too, right? Like, oh, we're like, you know, you're landing elite players. Yeah, Mario Cristobal, year one at Miami, was able to, you know, again, like what you said, kind of take, like, sweep the rug under from Florida and land a, uh, you know, a fringe five star quarterback out of California. I think it's just one of those monumental moments in this class where, Jaden Rashada was kind of the first big domino to fall. I mean,
0: that's what I I remember. Kids followed, right? Like soon after he committed, they committed. Right,
1: right after. Right after. I mean, Jaden Rashada committed, I believe it was like June 26th. And he was the one that went, like he kind of kicked off that run of seven straight commits all in the top two, four, seven. It was Jaden Rashada, and then it was Nathaniel Joseph, and then Robert Stafford, and then Jaden, you know, Riley Williams, Jaden Wayne. Um, you know, Francis Malagowa, Ra- Raul Aguirre. I mean, there's still more to come. But Jaden Rashada was really the domino that kind of kicked this thing going. He kind of he kind of put this thing into fifth gear and let Mario told Mario, "Hey, you know what? Pedal some metal. Let's go get these guys going." And you know, when you can get a big time quarterback like that, others tend to follow. Yeah, was he at the uh, Under Armour Future 50 event? Rashada, he wasn't. He was on the he was on like the schedule for it. Like he was supposed to be there, but you know, I guess uh, you know, it kind of it kind of circulated maybe. Yeah, I think I think I was actually driving up there Friday morning where we kind of got a text saying, hey, Jaden Rashada won't be there. So it is what it is. We would have loved to have seen him throw. Yeah. That was a huge reason why we went up. With you know, I decided to make the trip over there. David Lake, my colleague and co-host, decided to, you know, go over there. And, uh, you know, we definitely want to watch Rashada throw. But, I mean, that didn't happen. Uh, hopefully there will be another opportunity in the future. But, you know, regardless, it's a big-time
0: win. Big, big-time win. Again, here with Gabby Yerudia. Stone Labanowitz of ESPN West Palm Beach and ESPN 106.3. Gabby, we've been talking major recruiting, big fish after big fish. If this all goes well, man, what's your prediction before Week One at Hard Rock Stadium that this recruiting class finishes? What spot? What number?
1: Wow. Um, I would say this recruiting class finishes inside the top five. Like I think it's, I think they ha- I think there's a legitimate chance. Yeah. that This recruiting class finishes somewhere in that top five range. Uh, We'll see, we'll see if they can get close to that this weekend. Uh, definitely a couple of big announcements coming, up, uh, coming through. So, um, you know, I think, that, I think they're well on their way. And, uh, you know, still a lot of meat left on that bone, too. So, you know, they're def- they definitely are putting together the foundation to go, you know, you know to make a run at uh, one of those top five groups.
0: Exciting stuff in Coral Gables. Gabby said it first Last question for you, just to get to people, the crazy Hurricane fans that we know they are. Get them excited for the season, man. Class of 2022, which guys come to mind in regards to getting on the field this season and making an early impact as a freshman?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely, I mean, a couple names to mind. I mean, I I won't use, I I don't know if I can go with some of the transfer guys because I think those guys, uh, you know, all play a factor in here too. But, I mean, just kind of thinking of the true freshman, I mean, Tyler Van Dyke, you know, mentioned Travante Citizen, the, you know, blue chip running back that Miami snagged on, uh, national signing day away from Florida, LSU Auburn. I think he has a chance to contribute in that running back room. I think he's a big time talent on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I'm looking at a guy like Wesley Bassaint, the true freshman out of Miami Central. Uh, you know, as long as he's healthy, he kind of continues to grow. He was able to early enroll. I think that was a really big deal for him in terms of just kind of getting a grasp of the defense and, I think he has a chance to contribute in you know what realistically is a, a pretty thin linebacker room.
0: Gabby, I cannot thank you enough for your time. People, listeners, please follow Gabby Arudia, man at Gabby Arudia two four seven. The train is moving fast; hop on before it's too late. I cannot wait for this cane season. Follow him. There's commitments to come. Big dogs are committing soon. Gabby, thanks so much, man. Enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Absolutely, man. Thank you.